Yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. Huh. I know you're in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help you things understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleeper but a drink. Faith without works is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Slackers don't get fed. Huh, yeah. Jesus said, he who puts his hands to the plow looks back the same ain't fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the church five minutes and you're about ready to quit. I ain't mad at you. I'm just hitting you with the real. <laughs> if you died for me and I was still tripping, now how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This here's deep, huh? Some of y'all ain't sawing nothing but your study trying to reach, huh? But after him who's able to possess your father's by his glory. Struggles might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now the point is this was prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate. Pump the brakes right there. Welcome, everybody. It's your host, Lamont Patterson. You listen to Canna Play a Play. I just had to give a minute to Big Boy upstairs, you know, because it's my belief and hope it is yours, too. Uh, I think going to work this thing out because we are living in some crazy times right about now. So we really, 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 really need his help in a, in a big old, big old, big old way. Anyway, we got a great show lined up for you today. And I know I'm very interested in, uh, to jump into this because I know I have some of these issues, and um, I know our guest today is going to be able to uh, fix some of these things we're dealing with. So um, today we got Miss Shalanda Tooks Wilder is going to be joining us. Is going to help us without some of our little career issues. Let me see if she's uh, with us. Hello, are you with us, Miss Wilder? Hi, Shalanda here. How are you? Hi, Shalanda. How you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Welcome to the show. Yeah, you know, thanks I'm for having so me. Much, so much uh, looking forward to this because I know myself mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of my other friends, you know, we have issues, especially when it comes to, um, you know, juggling our careers and our mm-hmm. personal life as well. Yes. So, yes. one moment, let me give you a little brief introduction. Uh, today, we got Shalanda Tooks Wilder is going to be joining us, and um, she has a unique background, a blend of marriage and family therapy and organizational development. Therefore, she enjoys helping individuals as well as organizations reach their goals and increase productivity. She believes that issues at work affect our personal lives, which it does, Issues in our personal lives affect our job performance, which it does. <laughs> As a result of this, she works with individuals on their time management and goal settings. Shalon is also a military brat and a military spouse who understands transitions all too well. And Shalonda, I'm going to stop right there and let you fill in mm-hmm. all the rest. Yes, sir. Yeah, so because I am a military brat, for those who don't know, military brat simply means I grew up as a child in the military. And lucky me, I married someone who went into the military. So the military I know a lot about. 
And I understand that they go through a lot of transitions while they're in and when they come out. That's a big step, too, a big challenge they have to go through when they come out of the military back into the civilian world because it's two different worlds. Hmm. Uh, is 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 that at all similar to, uh, you know, law enforcement? It's, it's similar as far as, you know, they have the, a mission to protect and they they go on actual missions. You know, uh, the law enforcement, I know they they have their shifts, and they can most of them can come home at the end of their shifts. Military, they're basically always on duty, even when they're on leave or on vacation. They can still get called back to quote unquote work, even while they're on vacation with their family. So it's similar, but it's still, you know, a big difference in the two. And then, of course, you know, the military, they protect our country from the forces of evil, as you can call it. Yeah. So it's it's a high-stress job, career. Well, I guess I was looking at it totally from uh, uh, the layman's point of view, because mm-hmm. like the military people that I've ran into, they, they haven't been able to turn off military. And the law mm-hmm. enforcement, uh, when they get off uh, and get home, they can't turn off law enforcement. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. They still have that same mm-hmm. mind. They still have that same mindset. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, and yeah. that's um. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so much about that. I don't. You know, mm-hmm. let's talk about you. What drew you? Okay. Uh, into this career coaching and uh, family therapy. Well, I started out in marriage and family therapy. I went to school and got my dual master's in marriage and family therapy and professional counseling. Now, while I was interning and working with families and marriages, I noticed that there was a correlation between people's personal happiness and their career satisfaction. And a lot of people is that They didn't have time to do things they really wanted to do after work. Right. Shalana, can can I stop you right there? Uh, Only because uh, I I want you to break down a little bit about exactly what is career coaching for our listeners that don't Mm -hmm. understand what career coaching actually is. Okay. Now, career coaching is basically working with a person and is oh gosh, there's different types of career coaches. And basically a career coach works with the person to help them find the career they're interested in and they help them find the, an actual job. We take a person through the steps they need to go through to land the career that they want. Now for me, I'm a career coach who works with people in transition. You have career coaches that will work a lot with people on their resume skills and interviewing skills. I work with people who are in transition, and I work on them from the start of the job hunt all the way up to the job offer where they need to know how to negotiate their salary. 
Yeah, well, the reason I ask that because uh, people mm-hmm. say, yeah, I need a career coach, but they don't mm-hmm. really know what the responsibilities are or, you know, even what to right. expect when they go to seek one, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what else, too, is uh, because of my background in therapy, a lot of people sometimes come to a career coach, well, most people come and they already have personal issues. And the unique thing about me is I've done counseling and I know what to look for when a person has other issues going on besides I need a new job. And I'm able to work with them on whatever other issue that they're having. Some people don't even know what they want to be, as I call it, don't know what they want to be when they grow up. And I work on them with that as well, yeah. Now, that's an interesting concept, working mm-hmm. with somebody <laughs> to figure out what they want to be and they themselves don't even know what they want to be. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's yeah, interesting. It, yeah, and it happens a lot more than you realize. It really does. We get, you know, life happens, and some people end up having children or they drop out of school, and so they take whatever job they can get, but they're not really happy because what did I say earlier? Your personal happiness correlates with your career satisfaction. Well, uh, ladies out there that listen to the show, listen to that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that's um, basically what I do is I do give people career assessments and they can take these online. It's so easy. You can all you can Google it yourself and type in career assessment. It'll help you decide or figure out what careers go with your personality, which is a, an amazing thing with career assessments. And then you can assess your skills. Do you need to go back to college or is a bachelor's degree enough? And that's basically where you can start from for those who don't know what they want to be and they're not happy in their current job or career, you can go online and Google can be our best friend some days and find a free career assessment if you want to pay for something, you know, all the better. You'll get that much more details on your assessment. But it's great to work with a career coach because we have the training and the knowledge to walk you through the steps that you need to get you from here to your end goal. Wow, so so you definitely seem like you have a very interesting job. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, it is. Yeah, I have um, my latest client is uh, she just had a baby, and you know. It's that much harder for women when we have children because we're automatically looked to as the caregiver, even though there are some amazing stay-at-home dads in the world. The woman is usually looked at as the primary caregiver. And it's unfortunate. Unfortunately, when we go to job interviews, if the hiring manager knows that a woman has kids, they're, they're more reluctant to hire that person, which is not right, of course. And so I'm working with this particular client to strategize her job search so that, you know, she can do a job that she'll love while taking care of her family. 
that 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 uh, sometimes seems like it becomes into a hard balance to to mm-hmm. um, to manifest because of course yeah. you, your job has pressing on you because you need to work in order to make ends mm-hmm. meet. But then right. sometimes your family feel neglected because mm-hmm. you have to work to make ends meet. <laughs> yes. Yep. Exactly. And that's when my time management skills come in and goal setting. <clears throat> People don't realize that when you're in a relationship and a marriage, you should have relationship goals. And that can be let's eat dinner together every night or let's take the whole family out on a staycation. You don't have to go out of town all the time. You could do a little staycation in town. Everybody, let's spend a day together on the weekend. Yeah. That's good. That's good advice. What would you tell? What would you tell the men and women out there that uh, have issues with uh, turning off their career objectives? Mm, yeah, that's a big one. That's a big. That causes a lot of conflict in so many relationships. Thing that has to happen is the person has to realize that they are putting work. Excuse me, work over family. Because what's going to happen if they don't think they are doing anything wrong, that's a conflict right there. So, first and foremost, the person has to acknowledge, yeah, love, I have been spending a lot of time at work. This is how I think I can be at home more or come to a compromise, you have to compromise in relationships. We cannot have everything our way in a relationship with another person. We just cannot. (laughs) So we have to learn how to compromise and ask the other person, well, what do you want? Do you want me home every night for dinner? Do you want want me alone once a week? What is it? So in a relationship when a person is overworked or overworking, but another person only sees it that way, they have to be able to talk about the way they feel and do so in a calm manner because you don't want to make the other person defensive. <laughs> Which is easy to do. And I guess exactly. the reason I brought that question I brought that question is because a lot of my associates, um, you know, they're mm-hmm. they're in the entertainment business. Um, so mm-hmm. they don't really have a, a nine to five per se. Mm-hmm. So you know mm-hmm. they they work a little different than you would a person that does have a nine to five to get you know a check every two weeks. So right. it, it makes this guy with the guy or young lady with the entrepreneurial thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they they work in twenty four seven. That's how they mind yes. goes because you know <laughs> yeah. they don't do what they do. They don't eat, so they don't have the the, the, the <laughs> shall I say the the comfort that the other person has that they know the first and the fifteenth they finna get a check. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, I, and, that's and I see mm-hmm. that and I see that creating a, a whole lot of problem because the people, mm-hmm. the entrepreneurial people, you know, they don't see that they doing nothing wrong because this is what they have right. to do, this is how they survive, this is all they know, and this is how mm-hmm. they're gonna make ends meet for them and their loved ones. Yeah. 
So they don't have yeah. the comfort to sit down or their schedule is different. So when the other person, like, like mm-hmm. I want to go on a vacation, and this other person say, well, mm-hmm. I can't do that right now because if I go do that, then I won't be able to work and take care of this over here, and then we're going to have a right. problem anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, that's why I said to talk to the other person to see what they want because you may not be able to make it to dinner every night, but you may have some time on the weekend to spend with that person. So you have to ask the other person patience are, and the other person making a request has to be realistic, you know? Yeah. That's important, being realistic mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. stay off those TV dramas. Oh, man, yes. People have their face in the screen way too much. And, you know, their time, people don't realize how much time they really have. If they would just spend a little less time on their social media and reading all this and that on their screens and just monitor that time and spend more time with the people that are in their space, you just your relationship will just blossom, you know, and then your career will blossom because you will have more time focus on your career goals as well as anything going on in your personal life, your personal goals. You have more time to work on those as well because you're monitoring the time that you're wasting. Good stuff, good stuff. Listen, uh, for those that just joined the show, if you'd like to join the conversation, uh, press number one on your phone. And uh, for those that's listening at home or wherever you may be, the call-in number is 646-929-2870. Press number one and let us know you're there. We're glad to let you join in. Shalanda, here you go. Now, what makes mm-hmm. you... What makes you sound sound like a guy on a boxing show? What makes you the queen (laughs) of time management and goal setting? Yes, sir. What makes me the queen of time management and goal setting is I've gone through the phase of rushing, waking up, hitting the ground running, being late to things, having goals. I've had to stop and reflect and say, okay, Shalanda, what do you really want? And I had to do this by looking at my time, how how I was spending my time, who I was spending my time with, and I had to look at where I wanted to be in life. And a part of time management, as I said, is looking at where you're wasting your time A lot of people get caught up in spending time, too much time on people that are not good for them, and they think, well, we have history together, so I feel obligated. But if a person is not good for you, it is okay to cut the ties. It is, oh, God will send somebody in your life that you really need. And everything happens in a season, and we should be learning lessons from everyone that's in our life, and we should also be inputting into everyone's lives as well, not just being takers. And my time management, yeah, and with my time management, 
I made a conscious decision to be more respectful of my time and the time that we have here on earth. And that is how I turned into the queen of time management and goal setting. I learned how to set goals and I learned, I had to learn how to make them realistic. (laughs) And I just, it was just a process. I started at a very young age and I've carried it all through life. And I've been sharing it with others because I want to see other people succeed as well. Wow, Shalana, you just gave our listeners a whole bunch of jewels right there. And and what I personally got out of it, ladies and gentlemen, Mm -hmm. quit wasting your time (laughs) on knuckleheads. Yes. (laughs) Yes. There you go. I think we all know if something is going to produce, and you know a positive person versus one that's a negative Mm -hmm. person, you know the spirits Mm -hmm. and all of that. And I mean, we know, we know. We yeah, we know. We, just, we sure do. You know, we we're just in denial <laughs> and and don't want to accept it, and it's just like mm-hmm. you know this 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 little devil on the left shoulder, and you got this other one <laughs> on the right shoulder with the halo yeah. saying, "You know better than that." And the devil says, right. "You better go do that. You know it's gonna be good." <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, looking at the now, how good it's going to feel now instead of looking at later, how much better it'll feel later. Don't mess with that nonsense. Yeah. (laughs) Question, how does one Mm -hmm. successfully transition from their career, Mm -hmm. their dream career? And I know uh, here in the United States, and and I I hate to say this, but, you know, this country is – full of followers, they're not full of leaders, and we, right. we tend to talk a lot about what we're going to do, what we want to do, but putting it in gear mm-hmm. a lot of times is something completely different. So it is. tell us, what do you do to make that transition to get it moving? Yeah. All right. There, I work with two different types of transitioners. I work with transitioners that may be, for example, leaving town like a military member would or a military spouse. And I work with transitioners who are in a job. They're happy with the company, but they may want a promotion. And what goal is, I find out which transition they're in and what their goal is. If you want to transition within your career, look at your goal, write out the steps that need to get there. Like you said, people just follow and and don't put any actions behind their words. Write out your steps so they are in your face. And then put a timeline on it. This all sounds very basic, but it's very important to have this written in front of your face and to actually work on it and get someone who will hold you accountable. You need somebody that is going to nag you and make you do what you need to do because if we rely on ourselves, Nine times out of ten, we'll say, oh, I'll just do it tomorrow. I'm just going to, you know, chill out today, relax, take it easy. And next thing you know, it's a month later, and we still haven't taken that first step. So if you want a a good transition, write down where you want to be. I call this a career map also. Write down your steps. If you want to be, for example, 
the department head at your job or supervisor, department supervisor, and you are one of the workers, find out if you need your bachelor's, find out how much experience you need, and start working on that. Take it step by step. And also tell someone who's going to hold you accountable, not tear you down. You don't want to tell people that are going to be like crabs in a bucket trying to hold you back. Oh, girl, guy, you can't do that. Why even think about being a department head, you know? Tell someone who's going to help you. Mm-hmm. Okay, question here, because I hear another yeah. thought. I don't know. My head, my head be jumping out of the box. How does one uh, <laughs> determine? You know, a lot of people can't. Hey, Shalana, a lot of people can't take corrective criticism. Yeah. You know, they yep. they they don't. You know, um, I'm trying to figure out how to say this correctly. They can't accept mm-hmm. corrective criticism, and they want to take it as you tearing them down. Because I heard you mention that too. But sometimes mm-hmm. to to correct to to give somebody corrective criticism, your intentions are not malicious to make it like you're trying to tear them down. But if you don't let them know, how will they know? How do you get through to mm-hmm. those type people? So the uh, constructive criticism people who um, don't know how to take constructive criticism, I should say, they are going to have a hard time moving forward in life if they can't take um, words that they perceive as negative from anyone. One thing about if you want to transition in your career, you're going to have to know how to take constructive criticism and you're going to have to know how to reflect and know when the criticism is actually constructive or not. That's why I said Make sure you have someone in your life that's going to hold you accountable and make sure you are doing your action steps. You know you know when someone is being constructive and when they're just being malicious because of the way they say things, their tone. So you can figure it out. But if you want to succeed in anything in life, really, you have to be able to take constructive criticism and not be offended anytime someone says something you don't agree with. I think the first and most important thing in all that, too, you must have to mm-hmm. be yourself will, willing to make a change. Because if you're not willing exactly. to make a change, no matter what somebody say or do, you're not going to mm-hmm. hear it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. don't go in one ear mm-hmm. right out the other. Yeah, yep, that's that's the other part of it, too. Yeah, you have to be willing to make the change and put in the work because, like you said, it's going to go in one ear and out the other, and you're not going to get anywhere because you're not listening to anybody that's trying to help you. Boy, life. Now, here's, here's yeah. a good one, boy. How does one manage okay. being a career mom? How does one manage being a career mom and an engaged dad without suffering burnout? I think we should talk yeah. about that briefly, but let's hit that mm-hmm. one again because that's an yeah, everyday thing. Yeah, it is. I was, I was going to say we touched, we talked on that earlier in the conversation a little bit, and this again, it's it's all about that time management. I'm telling you, time management is something we have to do every day. We have time every day, right? So we have to manage the time every day, and that means getting your priorities straight, looking at your distractors, 
because we all have distractions in our lives and we have to um, root out and and get rid of whatever is not helping us be constructive. It's okay to go on social media sometimes, but when you're doing it every day for hours every day, do you know how much work you can get done and how much time we spend computers and just clicking on different links and watching other people have fun? You get so much done. You can spend so much time with your family. You can relax so that you don't have burnout. You know, try. I think people should find ways to relax away from electronics. You know, go enjoy the outdoors and do it with your family. And that will help you with suffering from burnout, and that will keep your family from feeling they're being neglected and ignored. Yeah, go fishing or something. Huh? <laughs> right, yeah, that's tranquil. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, boy. Listen, but it, it you know it t- mm-hmm. it definitely definitely takes um, you know all of that, and I, and I know mm-hmm. in your in your there in your family therapy and your career coaching and stuff, um, I know you deal with some of these type people. So what do you do with procrastinators? Oh yeah, those are the the ones that want everything, we have to understand the root of procrastination because this is this was one thing that I had struggled with. And with procrastinators, we want things perfect. And then when we start thinking about, oh, man, it, it may not turn out perfect. I need to do this, this, and that to make it perfect. We wasted all this time, and then we and we just end up not even attacking the task because we're so concerned about perfection. Now, with donators, we put an action step, and everyone should do that, is have an action step and something that you're going to do within the next 24 hours because otherwise you're just going to be back are you going to stay in the routine of procrastinating? So whatever your goal is, do a step within the next 24 hours. And I can't stress enough the importance of having a supportive partner, someone, friend, neighbor, colleague, someone that you can talk to and let them know and update them on your goals and tell them how you are moving forward. So when you say when you say action step, uh, what does that mm-hmm. what does that exactly mean? A task or a chore or something that you could say I did this for complete? Or what is it exactly? Yes. So let's say let's go back to the example of someone wanting to move up in their career. Now the first step they would need to do is after they say, okay, I want to move up, I want to be a department head. They need to find out if they don't know this already, they need to find out what skills and education they need in order, excuse me, to move up into that position because some hiring managers, I've seen this happen to people because they don't have their bachelor's degree, they they are not promoted just because they they didn't finish that last year or two of school, but they have all the experience. 
So that this person who wants to move up to department head needs to find out what their steps are. And the first step, if that first step is finishing college, then you need to research in your area and find out the deadline for turning your application and submitting your application fee. So that's what I mean. You need to do steps, something that's going to move you towards that end goal. You can actually do that and get it complete and not just say, mm-hmm. well, I'm, I'm going I'm going to register. I'm going to register. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do right. it. Um, yeah. I'm going to do it because I know i got to mm-hmm. go do this. I'm going to do it. Right. And then here go another year or two go by, and they're yes. still going to do it. And then right. uh, they have somebody to the side like, well, listen, I thought you was going to take go and roll and take that class yes. so you can get that promotion. Exactly. But when you going to do mm-hmm. it? Well, I'm going to do it. Well, when are you going to do it? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And if you feel nagged enough, then you'll say, well, shoot, let me go ahead and find out when is this application due. It's only $35, only $25 fee. I can save that up. And you go ahead and fill it out and turn it in. That's your first step. And keep telling that person that's nagging you, when are you going to do it? Did you do it yet? When are you going to do it? <laughs> let them know, hey, I turned in my application in the fee today. You know, keep them updated. Now, have you had the opportunity doing your coaching and your therapy with mm-hmm. other people that you just got to the point where, you know what, you're just a helpless case. I can't do nothing with you. <laughs> yeah, I have had, let's see, I had one or two people last year, <laughs> just too many excuses. And, oh, I'm so busy. And I said, well, you know what, good luck. And, you know, I hope you get to where you need to go. But, I, yeah, I have had people who just made excuses, and there are people who want to use a career coach and not make excuses, and we're taught in our training, if you have someone that's full of excuses, then you have to let them go because if they're just going to make excuses, you can spend your time working on someone who's ready to hit the ground running and get moving. Right. Because I hear a lot, even in my job, people, I'm, I'm going to do it. And and mm-hmm. I know I tend to be a little impatient sometimes because my mind is always clicking, you know. And, and yeah. when, I, when I want something done, I want it done now because I want to move on now. to the next thing. I, I don't want <laughs> yeah. I don't want to keep, you know, it's like a track star and there's a hurdle right there, you know. Either, mm-hmm. either you stop and ponder at that hurdle, like what am I going to do, what am I going to do. I didn't already mm-hmm. figure it out before I got there. Either I'm going to go around it, go under it, or I'm going to go over it. But I'm not going to stop here yeah. and start going to hurdle because I'm trying to get to the end. And, yeah. and, and what I notice, a, a lot of people don't think like that. They just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. they end like stride. They run and they try and they get to the hurdle and they mm-hmm. get there and they start scratching their head. Right. Whoops. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're like, what, uh, what should I do? I'm like, I'll be looking mm-hmm. at them like, fool, you should have thought about that when you took off. <laughs> Way back, yeah. Way back there at the start, you just thought about that. Yeah, yeah. And that's what career coaches are for. Wow. I imagine you have have to have a lot of patience to do what you do. Oh, yeah, definitely. You definitely have to have a lot of patience. And um, 
I'm not one to raise my voice or or get overly excited, but I can be very blunt and straightforward, and that's what people need. They need someone to tell them, why didn't you do your homework? Tell me you wanted a career coach so you could get a new job because you haven't worked in six months, and the homework was going to help you fill out your first application in six months, what stopped you from getting that done? You know, I, I had to do that to someone recently. What happened to your homework? <laughs> you know, and the person was like, oh, lost track of time. But, it, you know, it happens, and and I I can't, it would not be fair for me and for the person I'm working with, actually, it would not be fair to them if I was not straightforward with them and challenge them because that's what people need. They need to be challenged and held accountable, can move forward. Remember what I said earlier? If we rely on ourselves, we'll say, oh, I'll just take it easy. I'll relax today. But if you have yeah. your supportive I'll partner. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We'll procrastinate. And it'll be a month later, but we have someone, all right, your career coach, you're meeting with them every week. And then you think, okay, oh, man, it's Wednesday. I got to meet with my career coach. I got to meet Shalanda Friday. Let me go ahead and work on my um, application so I can say I did something. You know, it'll keep you accountable and have that sense of urgency to keep moving and that sense of motivation. It'll keep you motivated to keep moving forward. What made you decide you wanted to get into this field? Hmm. Well, I had from an early age I was very I was I've always been observer or people watcher and it's just watching how people interacted with each other and how they think that always intrigued me. And so I went into psychology to learn the science behind our behavior and social psychology. And then, as I said earlier, I I went and pursued my a dual master's in counseling and family therapy. And that got me into the whole coaching thing because counseling doesn't allow the same freedoms as coaching does as far as, you know, the um, insurance and everything like that. and So I just, I got into coaching because that's, that's something that really um, <clears throat> I found enjoyable when I started doing it, yeah. And before you had your, before you went to school to get training, I mean, did you mm-hmm. find yourself just, uh, uh, you know, doing it on your own just as a natural, just helping coaching people and giving them yeah. direction? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, as a matter of fact, I remember in college and in high school even, people would come up to me asking for advice, and it's just, it suddenly just felt good being able to give people advice, and they knew they didn't have to worry about me running my mouth. They knew that Shalanda's not going to tell all your business. And that, you know, now that I look back, that did get me started 
with the interest in actually going into counseling because I had started doing it or the coaching with my peers, you know, listening to people's problems. I remember working in the mall and people would start telling me their personal business and I would be wondering why. And it's, it, I guess it was just something about me that relaxed people and something about my personality let them know, hey, I can tell this lady my business and she'll give me some proper feedback. <laughs> Well, it seemed like you found a perfect career for your personality. I think so. Yeah. No, that's definitely that's definitely a blessing. <clears throat> yeah, so I, would you I do, really would enjoy you, people. Would, would you do anything different if you had the chance? Things different, like a different career path? Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, you so. know, if you if you if you had a do, if you had a do over, <laughs> would you do the same thing, or would you do something oh, different? Yeah. I if I had a do over, I would have pursued it sooner because I did sit out of college for a year. I think I set out, you know, letting people waste my time basically, and. Um, Let's see, I ended up, I went part-time sometimes. But, yeah, I definitely would have pursued it sooner and been more respectful of my time and not wasted on family that just wanted to use me for whatever it was they wanted at the time, you know. Uh-oh, wait a minute. Say that again. Talk about family because I... <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, I know we can choose our friends, but we can't choose our family. Mm-hmm. We just got what we got. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that part again about them using and misusing and taking you for granted. People need to hear that. Oh part. yeah, yeah. I would have been more more respect for my time for a family that just wanted to use me at the time when I was in my twenties for wherever it was that they wanted because that really slowed me down from pursuing my own goals, wasting time with family that just wants to use me. Did I hit it? Did, did I repeat myself? <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I guess what I was listening at, the use versus the misuse. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So... Uh, okay, yeah, we talked talk about that. I know we had a question here about uh, uh, mm. interviews and resumes, and I know, you know, that's a big mm. thing with careers. And mm-hmm. um, I know, I know, I know I need a new resume, so tell us uh, <laughs> what ways can you make your resume stand out? And I'm listening very closely to this one because I need okay. a resume. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think about resumes. Is you remember in the, in, back in the day when you could just send out a general resume? Nowadays, they have to be very specific to the position that you want. In order to make your resume stand out, take the job description that you want and put some of those keywords. Don't copy and paste. Don't make it so obvious. But take some of those keywords in the job description, 
fit it into your resume. Make sure your resume is updated. And if you have any gaps in your resume, make sure you can explain those gaps so that it looks as though you were still making good use of your time and not just sitting at home waiting for the phone to ring. Do some volunteer work. Uh, mention that on your resume or tell, mention that you were learning new skills, but don't let them know if you did happen to be someone who was sitting at home. Make it look as though you were still learning new skills and that those new skills can be applied to the position that you're shooting for. Are all resumes general, or is or should people look for a, a certain uh, format based on whatever their uh, their job that they're going after? They there are you know you have the chronological where show your dates, and you have narrative resumes where it's paragraph form written for each job. And you also have federal resumes, which also have the supervisor's name in there, how much you got paid, supervisor's phone number, and whether or not the person doing the hiring can contact the supervisor. You have to put all that information in there. If you're going for a government job, typically federal resume, which has all that extra information, a lot of resumes I've seen lately, because I also do recruiting on the side, and I've seen recruiting managers and hiring managers prefer the resumes that have the objective at the top and then your typical education and then your skills written in there as far as Microsoft, proficient Microsoft Excel, and, you know, the little bullet points for your skills. And then the next part would be your actual work experience. So I've seen pretty much the same template for civilian jobs. So you just need to make sure. Yeah, just make sure that you have those keywords in there for the job description and make sure the resume is updated and make it nice and clean. Don't have different font sizes all over your resume and don't have it in italics over here and then all caps over there that makes it look messy. You want it to look clean, so have it in 11, 12 font. And people can also Google resume templates to help them fill out their resume. Yeah, that's what I I was going to ask you about that. Was there a a resource where they can go get a template or like from, you know, Word or Publisher or somewhere where they can go get, um, you know, different templates based on whatever they're trying Mm -hmm. to do? Yeah, you could, resumes are generally pretty much the same across the industries. So if you just search for a resume template, then something, you know, examples will pull up. And I I don't care for the Microsoft templates because of the formatting. It makes it hard for you to format if you're not really 
comfortable with Microsoft and then if you're trying if you're trying to email your resume, you don't want that um template code or, or whatever they call it that's in the formatting. You don't want that formatting. Right. Sometimes the formatting gets messed up when you send it through email. So if you just um use a, a blank Word doc yourself instead of using the pre made or preset Word doc template you should be good. Okay, you know I'm going to send in my resume, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send in your resume and the job description so I have something to compare it against. Make sure you got your keywording done. <laughs> oh, oh, that should be easy. But, yeah, that, that's a lot of people really, really don't even know how to put together a professional resume because I, I yeah. come across my, my, my desk uh, mm-hmm. all the time and, and look mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, some student somewhere put it together. Or you can tell it came from a, a template because there's a code mm-hmm. somewhere or they'll yeah. forget to uh, take out the little line that little line oh, is like yeah. an underscore under something. They're forgetting. Right. He's like, oh, okay. They tried yeah, to make did. it look nice. But, you know, the people mm-hmm. that know what they're looking at, I mean, you know, they just see those things because at one point in time, yeah. you know, we've all done that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. We've all done mm-hmm. that at some point in time, mm-hmm. so we know what to look for. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, what would be some uh, tips you can give our <laughs> listeners for doing well on an interview? Oh, yeah. You know, I just did a, a webinar on landing a job in 30 days or landing an interview in 30 days or less, and I touched on the the phone interview, the in-person interview, and the video interview. Whether you are in person are using an electronic form to interview, you have to be professional at all times. I interviewed someone last week, and I could hear their car door going off. And what happens is when there is a distraction or noise in the background, it not only distracts the interviewer because we have we have to figure out if you're a good candidate or not. So we're looking, for, we're listening for a lot of things. And look, so have yourself in a quiet place so that you are not distracted by outside noises. I've had people interview with me while they were taking the subway home, and they couldn't hear me. I couldn't hear them. The phone call dropped. They had to call me back, and it was just a big mess, and it made them look very unprofessional. So make sure that you are in a quiet place when you are doing a phone interview, video interview. Please don't have a background of some girl (laughs) hanging over a motorcycle. (laughs) Please don't do that. (laughs) uh, uh, (laughs) A fellow career coach of mine, she helped a guy uh, get an interview, and there was a poster in his background that the hiring manager didn't like. And I guess he had done an in-person interview and got this follow-up interview. And that poster, he I think he's going to be working from home, and he was going to be working with clients for that business. And they were afraid oh. that he would come off 
unprofessionally because of that poster, and they rescinded the offer. Wow. Yep. I said, that is wow. unbelievable. Yeah. Yep, rescinded his well, offer. Well, that's, that's, yeah, that's not as bad, Shalada, as, you know, I mean, I probably could deal with the poster more more so than I could deal with a whole <laughs> lot of clutter and dirty clothes in the background. Mm. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing. Please don't have your laundry in the background. Don't have your kids back there jumping up and down, <laughs> trying to get on camera. <laughs> Be in a quiet yeah. room. Oh, <laughs> don't um, don't have a window or a light behind you because it'll make it hard for them to see as well on the video interview. Put the light source in front of you. And to the side will work, too, but it's best if you put the light source in front of you. It'll make you look better on camera, too. <laughs> yeah. And, and what you say, don't have no baby kids pulling on you? <laughs> right. <laughs> Do not have your kids jumping in your lap <laughs> trying to grab the spotlight. No, that's not good. And then as far as in-person interview, so look professionally. Uh, I had a guy show up to an in-person interview, his clothes all wrinkled, and I felt bad for him because he obviously was sick. Please reschedule the interview. Don't bring your germs to people's workplace and make everybody else sick. And, and yeah, he ended up, he, he didn't get the job. He just, um, yeah, he, he didn't get the job. He was wiping his nose with his hand, and he looked like he was about to fall asleep. So he didn't come off as a really good candidate. Yeah, poor guy. He was so sick, you know. But it happens. And hiring managers, they don't like that. Yeah, you have well, to be the, on well, the, the person top. probably, probably, hey, look, he knew he didn't have to get a job to get some money to go pay for some medicine. Because mm. nowadays that stuff ain't oh. free. So I, 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 I right. feel my man, I feel my mm. man's pain. But what what I see a lot of happening on job interviews, mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong, is people come to mm-hmm. these interviews and uh, their appearance is not on point. Mm-hmm. They dress inappropriately. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. men, men and women, they dress inappropriately uh, uh, for a job, and they just don't look professional. And um, how, how does that work? What do people be thinking about? Thing, um like with this young man that came in looking sickly, he 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 not only looked sick in the face, I saw it in his clothes. You know, the other employees could see his clothes. They were wrinkled, and he just looked like he rolled out of bed. And, and the hiring managers, after people leave, I have to hear about he brought this guy in. And they were, fortunately, my hiring managers were pretty good. They understood that. I didn't see people. I did the phone screens, and then we all did the group interview together. But some people will come in with their their flip-flops. What do you call those sandals, those little brown sandals people like to wear? They come in with oh, those I things on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, toes all out for a job interview. No, no. Mm-mm. Wow. And let's see what Ladies. else. Um Ladies, no dresses, no dresses too short. Yes, yes. Knee line. I know this guy. These young guys have a tendency to want to run around with their pants sagging, and nobody wants to see your drawers when you're coming to apply for a job. 
Right, exactly. Pull them up, put on a belt if you have to. Yeah. You have to look presentable because everybody's looking at you. Even the employees are watching you when you come in. And after the interview is over, even the employees will talk about you when you leave. They'll say, oh, man, why did that lady come in with a party dress on all the way up, all the way up her mid-thigh, you know? And why was that guy's pants sagging so low? The employees will say something. So you always want to look your best. And there's even, yeah, that's why they call it dress for success. Yeah, where you're... Now, one thing I want to point out, though, is some people feel they have to wear a suit. Let's say you're applying for a job, a labor-centered job, where you're going to be working a lot with your hands. You can wear a button-down shirt, a nice button-down shirt, and some khakis and some nice shoes. You don't have to be dressed like you're the CEO of the company for those types of interviews. You really don't. People, the hiring managers want to see somebody that looks clean and well-kempt and alert. You know, you want to look happy and excited and you want to look like the ideal employee. Right. Well, Shalanda, listen, we're down to the last minute and a half of the show, and Mm -hmm. I want you to be able to tell the Mm -hmm. people where they can get in contact with you. Oh, sure. They can email me at Shalanda at Tooks. WilderGuidance.com. My first name is spelled S-H-A-L-A-N-D-A-S-W-I-L-D-E-R, Guidance. And also, they can look me up. They can type in Shalanda Says, and you'll you'll find me on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We're doing something different on YouTube, so check us out on there. They can email me with questions. And what I do on YouTube is I answer people's questions. Everyone doesn't want to pay for counseling, you know. So I'll answer questions and, yeah, make it fun. Uh, Great. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking time out to come and chat with us. And for those who joined the show late, it will be available in its entirety in a couple seconds. You can hear it anywhere you're at, wherever you're at in the world. So you have no excuse not to hear it from the beginning. And uh, tell your mama to tell your dad, tell your dad, tell his cousin, tell his brother, tell his friend next door that they need to listen to this and uh, get some coming up and, and figure out how they can correct themselves. Uh, appreciate you all for listening. Uh, we appreciate our guests today. And check us out at worldmovement.com and come back next week. Thank you, Shalanda. Thank you. Have a good one, all right? You too. Thanks.